What's going on, Irregulars? Welcome back on another Thursday. It is Katie. Bobby, how we feeling? It's your boy, Bobby. I have to say it, right? <laughs> every time. It. Every time, every time. <laughs> What's going on, Caitlin? How are you? Well, I'd like to say that it's Saturday morning. Yes, it well, is. Well, actually, it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon, but it feels like morning. Yeah, it's true. And Caitlin am... was supposed to be here at noon to record, and here we are, you know, a little late, as usual. I but... didn't show up that late, but I... It was I... like 20 minutes, but yeah. But I, um, we just bullshit a lot before we end up recording. Which this is, is true. Why these things take so long? But regardless, the point of that is, I'm not hungover, people. Yes, yes. Thank God, because sometimes when you're hungover, it's hard to get you motivated. It's like the Loch Ness monster. How was that a comparison? Because that's what I look like. Probably oh, what oh. I smell like. Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. like a like a river rat. Nice. <laughs> So that's why my DMs are empty. But anyway, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> um, I did just want to quickly say, though, uh, I don't know if you guys follow me on my Instagram page. You should if you don't. Uh, but I posted this week about just kind of like an irregular appreciation post. Um, I was reflecting a lot. I haven't really posted like a like a big like emotional reveal, yeah. kind of. I've done a couple things in my story, but it was just nice to kind of just sit there and like look through all the guests that I've experienced during my time here at, with a regular. And uh, I just wanted to say thanks, number one, to Bobby for, for bringing me on. But more than that, thank you to the listeners and all of our guests. Like, it's just when Bobby called me and asked me to do this in December, I was just like, cool. Like, you know, I'm, I was looking for another creative outlet to kind of channel my energy into. And I was really excited about that piece of it, too. But Bobby and I shoot the shit all the time. And I was like, great. I can just talk shit with my friend on a microphone all day. This is going to be great. Like, I did not. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see it taking the turn that it did. And I feel like. Or like having the impact that it yeah. did on you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that our visions aligned so much more than I ever imagined that they would. And it's, and it's really weird, too, because we think drastically different. We really do. A lot of people don't. I've had people like, oh my gosh, like you guys are very like similar. And I'm like, you have no yeah. idea <laughs> that we are very different people, you know? And I think that's cool. Like it's a, it's give and take. And I don't know if that really projects well onto the, um, onto the podcast. But, but it shouldn't. But you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, I think we have a, a different chemistry that just, it doesn't make sense. But it's also, I feel lucky because we are so close and it's been such an opportunity for growth for me because it's like the things that like, you know how you, when you know you need to work on something like, and you know it, but no one says it to you because it's, it's hard. It's hard to hear, but you and I have such a transparent relationship. Like we are, we have the hard conversations and it is a little awkward, but we get through it. And I feel so blessed for that aspect of it as well too. Yeah. I mean, I, again, you know, she made this long post and like said all these nice things, not only about the podcast itself, but even about me. And I'm just like sitting there and my comment back literally was how the fuck am I supposed to write anything back compared to like, compared to that? Like what, what am I supposed to, how am I supposed to follow up to that? Like, that's like, you know, Michael Jordan's replacement. Like you're not going to, you can't do that. So I was just like, damn, like, Thank you. I, I think I just put the rocker hands in the black heart. I was just like, thanks. Stand still and look pretty. And people like that. So. Yeah, it was a really cool <laughs> post. And it's true. And, uh, you know, I liked how you included like pictures of all the guests, like, you know, a handful of the guests that we've had and this and the other thing. And like this podcast is really it's crazy. I, if you asked me what I was going to do in fucking 10th grade or 12th yeah. grade, I'd have been like, even yeah. a year ago, I wouldn't have known. No, no way. And I'm just like, oh, well, and then here we are. And I'm like, I was talking to, who was I talking about the other day with? Um, I was texting with someone and I was just like, yeah, I mean, regardless, I'm having fun. I don't yeah. fucking care. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm having fun mm-hmm. and it is what it is. And until I stop having fun, then that's when Caitlin and I need to go back to the drawing board. But, right, you know, we're killing it now. Yeah. And we do have a couple of awesome guests lined up in the pipeline for you guys. Uh, but that said, too, like we always say we're always looking for guests um i've been it's been really cool to see people actually start reaching out once we put that out there yeah yeah because a lot of people like we had to start to we or we cultivated ourselves Mm -hmm. you know we're like hey i think this person would be interesting and then all of a sudden like slowly but surely like i'm getting more and more dms about like hey man what what about this or hey we should do that hey i would like to come on and it's always like awkward at first i feel like for them to ask and it's like dude i hope you understand that like the smile that lights up on my face and more than likely Caitlin too, yeah. when someone says like, Hey, I think we can talk about this. Like 
that makes us one it makes our job a little bit easier it's so much easier two it, it, it that's exciting we're like fuck yeah like let's go yeah. you know and what it's mean? interesting too like the topics that we've brought on that i've been like i don't really know how this is going to be received just because i i'm just n- not familiar with it are the ones that always make the most impact and have the biggest splash. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And I'm I'm just happy with some of the things that you've brought on as well too, like some of the topics that you've wanted to talk about or guests that you want to have on and you're like, "Hey man, like let's look at this." I'm like, mm, "Same thing. Like how am I going to talk to this? Like I don't you know, my my age old saying, I don't know shit about fuck. You know what I mean? But And yet you do. <laughs> and then all of a sudden before you know it, I'm sitting here with my jaw dropped and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, you know, I have so much to actually say about this and whatnot." So I, I mean, just I guess the whole point of this intro is kind of just like appreciation. Yeah. You know what I mean, like it's kind of, it's been, it's been crazy. The crazy ride thus far, we're, we're still cooking. Yeah. <laughs> and and I feel like today's guest that we have, um, I'll let you introduce him because he is your friend, but I'm sitting here with the cheesiest smile on my face because we are working on something so exciting this weekend. I can't wait to tell you guys about it. Yeah. It's going to be. I'm shaking a little bit, yeah, a little, little shook, but you know, we're going to get it together. It's going to be very professional. It's going to be good. It's, it's going to be great. Awesome. So the reason why we have our guest here today, who's actually flown up from Florida, one of your buddies from down there, is to help us with the project this weekend. So we thought he's here. Let's bring him on. Yeah. Um, he's been on the show before and um, he just, he speaks so well and he's such a good, good friend of mine and he has something that, I mean, he really is passionate about and- I think he's got a good, he's got a good point because him and I have this relationship and whatnot. But I do want to introduce Joey again. He was on episode, I believe, uh, twelve. I think it was eleven or twelve, something like that, um, on the back half with uh, Mike O'Malley. And so we're gonna bring Joey on. How you doing, Joe? I've never had a bad day in my life, Bob. Oh, hey, <laughs> let's go. It's funny too because Joe has since um, stolen that saying from me. Which is fine. I'm I'm okay with giving it out. And how many compliments have you gotten on that since you started saying it? Probably what, like eight months ago, eight nine months ago. I find that people don't really know how to respond to it. Um, believe it or not, they're they're kind of taken aback initially. And um, I have a couple people that actually have challenged it. Um, I would. And, I still do. But. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. When you say that, you're kind of like, yeah, is that actually true though? Do you believe that? And then I kind of explain to them, it's it's a mindset. Yeah. You know? See, and to me, I'm like, I feel like you're deflecting. Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> Do you want to talk about this? And then all of a sudden I start crying. I'm like, yes. <laughs> no, no. No, I probably start crying because I'm like, well, since we mentioned it, like I have something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you just selfishly bring yourself into it. <laughs> but um, we brought Joe on because Joe was like, hey, man, while I'm up here, like, do you want to record something? And I was like, yeah, sure. I was like, you have something in mind. And he was like, yeah, I would love to talk about like mail to mail appreciation and um and appreciation for you know friends family um even people you're not necessarily close to in general um, people maybe that you interact with every day um and and i find that you know in our culture it's it's i don't know if it's stigmatized um i would say among men it's it's a little bit more challenging to be open and uh express affection and appreciation i don't exactly know why but it's something that I try to make a conscious effort to change on my part. And uh, I'll be honest, you know, it requires stepping outside of your comfort zone sometimes because it's not something we're used to doing collectively. So um, it's just small compliments here and there. And and as Bobby touched on um, our relationship, you know, I, I don't remember when we, we started doing this, but, you know, pretty much at the end of every conversation, we'll be like, all right, I love you, dude. And, you know, the other will respond with love you too. And uh, I, I just think that's hugely important because, you know, things happen, you know, we get caught up and then before you know it, um, you know, there could be a tragedy, there could be, you know, a missed opportunity to let somebody know that. And so I think being aware of that can kind of change how you approach interacting with people on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And I agree. And I think one of the things um, that I wanted to actually bring up is, you know, and we can edit this out because it it might be a little bit too personal for you, which is fine. But um, I find that one, one thing that I found about myself is that my friends always kind of confide themselves in, in me, you know, and whether that's about personal, personal things that they're afraid to discuss with their, their parents or their significant others or whatever. Do you mean like guys? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mainly guys. Yeah. Okay. Like I find out, I find that my guy friends are drawn to me to tell me these things that I guess are buried deep down inside of me or down in them. And, um, and I, again, I don't know if that's a testament to me 
or to how great they are as people. I think and- it's both. I think you definitely have more empathy than many men, but in the same breath, you have really good friends too. Yeah, I have I have the best friends in the world. I've I think I've posted that on my Instagram and Facebook and everything else entirely way too many times, but you know, whatever here we are, you know, that I challenge you to find better friends than I do that I have. It's just impossible. I hope I'm included in actually I'm gonna mentally include myself in that. Anyway. All right, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but um I think Joe, you had mentioned before, he's you're like, I don't know really where this started. And I do have a point here, um, to bring this back into, you know, when I originally just started talking about a minute ago is do you remember that night down in Florida where you were hurting yeah. over some stuff? Yeah. And I had mentioned it on a previous podcast before where I had a friend who was in a bad place. He was in a bad way and he literally texted me and was just like, I need to talk and I need it now. And I'm like, come over. Like, you know, yeah. and Joe is that person. Joe reached out and was like, I am not good. I am not well. I am feeling like shit. I need you. And it was funny because at that point in time, you and I really weren't that great of friends. Right. That was, I, I don't think with that, that was, that night was probably the turning point. It, absolutely. I would say. Like we were friends, but like it was friends like, hey man, see you around the car, you know, the shop and whatnot, or see you at a car show or anything. And then it was like, yo, I don't know. I don't know what drew you to me to do and whatever. So can, I, can I ask Joe? Absolutely. What? What was that like for you feeling like, okay, I'm I'm crossing this boundary that I assume you've never crossed with Bobby before. I don't know if you had crossed it previously with other friends, but what was that like for you to realize that you needed help from one of your guy friends? And like, how did you process being able to ask Bobby for that help? Well, given the hard time that I was going through, I had only been down in Florida. At, oh, I'm sorry, I had been down in South Florida because previously I had lived in St. Augustine while I was going to school. I had only been down there for... I would say seven or eight months at that point. And I I did have friends that I had made, um, many of whom I'm still friends with to this day. Um, but something that I unfortunately have experienced in South Florida, I've always had this sense about people um, and it's sort of a, um, a gauge of their authenticity. And I find that unfortunately, so many of the people that I've encountered, maybe it's the line of work I'm in, um, in South, excuse me, in South Florida in particular, um, there's not a ton of authenticity. And what and, line of work are you in just to, to ask? So I do uh, marketing and I'm, I'm a uh, freelance photographer and, and videographer. Um, and I work a lot with cars, um, super high-end cars, exotics, things like that. Okay, um, so you're on like bougie people a lot. Exactly, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so there was something about Bobby that there was an authenticity that I recognized and I recognized somebody who had been through a pretty serious struggle themselves, given that, that he had had cancer and overcame the cancer and correct me if I'm wrong, Bobby, but the never had a bad day in my lifeline actually was something that, that you came up with during that time. Um, I had a coworker say it to me once before. And then when that happened to me, when those, you know, events kind of unfolded or whatnot, we, yeah, I kind of just started saying it a little bit more and then it really, it took off from there. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. So to answer your question, Caitlin. Um, oh, he calls me Caitlin too, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, given that, that sort of um, hypothetical gauge of authenticity, I, I recognized that in Bobby and I didn't feel like there was anybody else in Florida or in that area that I could go to at that time. And, you know, he was pretty much the first person that came to mind. I was like, I should reach out to him. I, you know, spent some time with him. Uh, at that point, you know, we had been going out to get food pretty regularly. Uh, Bobby was always my um, lunch, pretty, lunch and uh, dinner buddy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now I eat alone. So <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, we FaceTime. And then yeah. Eat. <laughs> we do. And so I reached out and he was, you know, without skipping a beat, he's like, what do you need? Let's go. And uh, we, we ended up going for a drive and I spent, yeah, we like shot the shit in my in the house for a little while because um, it was just us. My roommate at the time wasn't wasn't around. Um, he was out not doing whatever. But um, and then once he came home, I was like, I don't think we're I don't think we're done here. You kind of like gave each other that look, you know, like this conversation is not done. And he was like, yeah, I'm like, all right, let's go drive. And we, I think we drove around for another like two or three hours and got like Taco Bell and just fucking shot See, the shit. And that sounds like so crazy to me because I that's not. I don't, I hate to say it, but that's not normal. No. Guys don't do that. No. Yeah. 
to my knowledge anyway. Uh, and I think that that kind of carries on towards another point, which is there's this, there is a huge apprehension collectively about reaching out for help. And it, I don't know if it was something about who Bobby is or how he um, maybe opened the door for me to, uh, to, to know that I could come to him for whatever, that I was like, this is a guy that I can trust. This is somebody that I can be vulnerable with and allow myself to, uh, to, to use as a, as a rock when, I, when I'm in a hard place. And I absolutely was. And so I think it's important to try and uncover that in people. And when you find somebody who's authentic, don't be afraid to reach out. But by the same token, allow yourself to be that person when someone else is in need. It's crazy to, to think about, too, because I think the three of us sitting here, I, I just met you last night, actually, Joe. But um, I think the three of us can say that we have and both are those friends to other people, right? And I recently, and I'm so fortunate, like you guys all met Liv, my very best friend. Um, yeah. Her and, and quite a few of my other friends have that open dialogue. Like, are you okay? Do you need to talk? And we can get really deep into shit and not be afraid to give each other the hard advice, um, but have a good gauge of when that should come and when it shouldn't. But I've realized as I've started making some different friends, that's not the case a lot of the time. Yeah, like, that's I have not a, the norm. Yeah, I have a good friend who I... She'll reach out and I'll, and I'll say, you know, I'll reinforce things. I'll tell her the hard things. And this is the first time in her life she's ever had a friend in her life that's done that for her. And I'm like, how are you almost 30 years old? And this is your first experience with that. That breaks How did you make it this far? Yeah. That, like, I wouldn't be able to do it. That breaks you know my what heart mean? for like, people. Me and Wagner that way, you know what I mean? And Wagner's been one of my best friends since I was eight years old, you know, and he knows practically every... Wagner probably knows me better than I know myself. You know what I mean? That's just our relationship. So, like, I've been fortunate enough to have that really all through pretty much middle school, high school. Now, of course, the depth of the conversations of, like, my issues and whatnot in middle school and high school are not very deep for the most part. You know what I mean? So, like... They feel deep at the time, though. Yeah, they feel like it's the worst thing on the... Everything. Oh, my God, I failed a test. And I'm like, I want to die. And you're like, no, it's okay. <laughs> it's not a big deal. It's just social studies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but, you know... I've been fortunate enough to have that. And then Wagner was my roommate in college and, and this and other thing. So I don't know how someone would have made it to where I'm at now without someone like that. And it's unfortunate that we have this stigma, you know, especially and sorry, ladies, but this is this episode is going to be mainly geared towards guys because I feel like girls can find that in each other a little bit more, whether or not they're authentic about it or not, because, you know, how girls can get when they See, I don't even know if it's about authenticity. I think it's about opening yourself up. I think that people who open themselves up more willingly connect with people who are willing to do the same for them in return. Mm -hmm. um, it's I think it's for us, it's more about walls. But and I think that's also has that directly relates to what you're talking about, because men are reluctant to open themselves up to people. And that that reminds me of kind of the notion about having lots of friends that maybe all exist on a very surface level versus having a very few that you know you can rely on and you can open up to and they know they can op open up to you as right. well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's huge. I I know everybody. I mean, Caitlin and I, you know, mm -hmm. our networks combined in this, you know, uh, northern Philadelphia suburban area is it reaches very, very far. But if you if I really had to sit down and like pinpoint like who are my friends? It, that circle is drastically smaller than. Well, I mean, yeah. You know. Last weekend when I had I had a little meltdown last weekend and I called like five people. I'm like, I need you guys here no. now. Yeah. <laughs> and guess what? Every single one had plans and every single one canceled and showed up for me. Yeah. And I think that's huge, you know, and it's I mean, how many times, Joe, have I've gone on a date and been nervous and called. I'm like, Joe, help yeah, me. Yeah. Talk, talk me out of this. You know, help and me I, or talk me down. I give know? you that solid advice. But then when I'm in your boat, I'm like, Bobby, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, right. <laughs> and here we are. You give the advice, but I certainly can't take it. Yeah. I mean, how much of it do you think is like a maturity thing, though? Oh, I think that's huge. You know what I mean? Like, do you think we're just starting to, do you think this is normal and we're just starting to realize it now because we're getting older? Or do you think this is something that really that we don't know or we didn't know before and we're starting to, because like the whole like mental health thing and whatnot, that's really starting to get more traction under it yeah. within the last like five years. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would say. So like, do you think this is something that has been around for a while 
and it's just normal um normalized like now. Yeah, no, well no it's just like this is a normal progression and we're just realizing it now and this has always been a thing or is it something that now people are we're trying to get some traction no on? i think it's picking up now i agree especially and i would say with covid uh, mental health as a focus in general became you know was was kind of under the spotlight because so many people were losing jobs spending countless you know months in many cases at home um you know we were not supposed to be interacting with people socially. And so, um, you know, being aware of that, I, I think the awareness to answer your question has has been elevated with COVID. Yeah, absolutely. I think also I'm a big proponent of this. I think social media and the internet, the best way that I try and relate to these people is uh, like memes, for example. The evolution of memes for the public has basically showed you that things like checking behind the shower curtain before you pee is normal. It's like yes. those little things that you always thought that <laughs> you funny. were the only person that did. I didn't even think of that. The internet mm. has brought to light for you now. And that's just like a small funny part of it. When you think about that on the internet in general, it's given people a place to talk about things for the first time ever. And in a way that's like very freeing and you can say whatever you want. And I think that's why men, not I don't want to say men, people in general, but more specifically men are evolving the way that they are because they're seeing that they're not the only ones that feel right. this way. And then the behaviors that, that may come natural to us, but that we're not, we're kind of unsure about are normal. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. They're absolutely normal. I, mean, I yeah. hate the word normal. They are common, common. maybe sure. common. Yeah. yeah. Better. The, um, so I want to circle back actually to that night that Joe hit me up because I think there's a really important piece to this too, which we talk about on almost every single episode here is that, I remember having this conversation with Joe. Like I said, he was in probably, I would say, one of the darkest places, times that you've had. Yeah, those those four or five months uh, were, I can confidently say, the darkest of my life by far. Ex yeah. So. And I remember we during that conversation, I had exhausted all of my ability as far as to try and shed some light or some reason or explanation to whatever was going on. And I looked at you and what did I, do you remember what I said? You said, I, I can't remember verbatim what you said, but you basically said something to the effect of you can either dwell on this and let it defeat you or you can do something about it. And what was that something? To go see a professional. Right. I knew I, it. Yes. <laughs> I knew and that it. was, I never tell someone that they like need therapy because we've talked about it before. Like you go when you feel ready, but throughout that conversation with Joe, we, I, I felt, and I'm like, dude, you are ready. You are at that point that you, I can't help you anymore as a friend. I, I, I we're, we're cool, but we're not brothers yet. But like, I'm in this middle ground. I want to help you, but I've exhausted all my ability. I don't know what to do any further. You need to, and you're there. You're at that dark place. You need to see somebody. And what did you do? I did that. I did, he did Good exactly for that. You. Round of applause. <laughs> yes, thank you. Always plug therapy. Yeah. So literally the next day, I remember, you know, I mean, shit, we were up till like three o'clock in the morning driving around. I mean, like I said, we got Taco Bells. So we all know Taco Bells are open till like four in the morning. Is it? So, yeah, like drive through Taco Bell is always the late night plug. Four a.m. I think so. Down in Florida, the one right by my house, or down it was in, in uh, Riviera Beach. Yeah, it was in Riviera. Yeah, it was, which is a little. Suspect. Little bat, little little get, I mean, ba battlegrounds. You know, just say. <laughs> yeah, so it was open, and um, but yeah, so we uh, I remember like the next morning or whatever, Joe texted me and he was just like, "Hey man, I just want to let you know, thank you first off, you know, blah blah blah." But I also just I booked a, a therapy session. I'm, I go next Saturday, and um, or I think it was Saturday or Friday, some shit, whatever. So would you be comfortable, Joe? And I think this can relate to a lot of people. Starting therapies scary um and i think the biggest fear that a lot of people have is like that first initial sit down they're like so what's what brings you here what fucked you up how you feeling like what was that experience like for you i would say was the, it your first time in therapy um yeah i would say so i okay. i mean i had some issues when i was like a kid and but i was more so brought to therapy by right. my parents mm -hmm. it wasn't mm -hmm. you know it wasn't a, a, a decision that i made so um but the interesting thing about it was, and, and part of the struggle for me was to, in, in, you know, trying to take that initial step was like, oh, maybe I'm not actually, maybe I don't need this right now. Uh, maybe I'm yes. not that bad. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't need this. And I fought it off for so long. And the issue just got worse and worse and worse. And I finally did it. And I was like, okay, 
this isn't so bad. Um, the hard part is trusting that the person you are talking to, the professional, is invested in, in what you're saying. Because I think there's this perception that um, whoever you're going to talk to and see doesn't actually care. They're in there for a paycheck. And that may be true in some cases. That's interesting. I've never yeah, thought I, about I, that way before. That's a lot, of, a lot of pushback that I get from people about going to therapy or, or initiating that first session. It's like, well, I don't want to spend money to talk to somebody who doesn't really care about my problems, you know. And, I've um, never thought about it that way before. And you know how I would respond to that is I would tell them those people get paid to care about your problems and, and you don't. They that also picked that line of work. It's not like they just stumbled into it. Like, hey, I guess I'll just be yeah, in school like, forever to do yeah, this. I guess I'm going to be an accountant. Like, you <laughs> know course. what I mean? Like, no, it's like, it's like I go there. You have to go in with that sense of caring and empathy. And, and if you don't have it, I think you'll realize as you go through the education process to be able to be that per that professional to sit down and talk to someone. I think, like I said, through that, that education process, you'll find out very quickly if this is really what you want to do or not. And not always because not every therapist rocks and not every therapist drives with you. So that's another important piece of it. Like just because the first one doesn't really work. Doesn't right. mean it doesn't that there isn't. click with you. You've had that experience, right, Bobby? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And actually it was funny. I was going to, you're a therapist, man or man or woman. Woman. Ah. That's interesting. But that's uncommon. Yeah. Because I switched from a female to a male because I just, I, I, I it's not anything against females. I, it, I just connected better with a male and I, I just felt like I needed a male perspective. Not that I don't have like a strong male, right, right. you know, figure in my life. The, it's just, that, uh, what, what is it? The unbiased opinion, like someone yeah, that you don't know. Exactly. But so what's that like? You know, did you choose a female on, like, did you say like, hey, you know, this this lady kind of I vibe with and whatnot and it's also a female like was that a bonus did you ever think about that or did you kind of just go you know what I'm just gonna I'm gonna let this rip and go from here yeah I essentially just let it rip I mean I was looking up highest rated um you know counselors in my area and uh with the help of my mom she helped me track this lady down and so I reached out to her and and you know booked the first appointment and went in there and I was fortunate because it ended up you know just being a vibe yeah. It worked. I remember when he came out of his appointment, he actually, you actually FaceTimed me. I remember because the connection was horrible. Um, <laughs> it was a really shout out Verizon. <laughs> I was gonna say with the FaceTime, not the therapist. Yeah, right, right, okay. right, right. Yeah, the, the FaceTime, and um, and it was all like sketchy or whatever. And I was like, "Yo, what's up, man?" And you were like, "Dude, you had like this glow behind you." You were like, "Dude, this." was awesome and i was like well what did you do and you're like i don't even know yeah. like mm -hmm. i just went in there and we just talked and like she was so nice and blah 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 and i just i just feel great man i feel awesome and i was like let's fucking go that, you know what i mean that glow was not so much a sense of relief because obviously it it took months and months to come out of this dark place that glow was a newfound sense of hope yes I so, love that. Um, and, and that's something that I want to point out to people is mental health is a journey, much like physical health. I mean, you can, you know, the two pretty much, they definitely do go hand in hand. But much like um, trying to build a, a physique that, that you put effort into and, and you work at, mental health is as, you know, it, it also requires a similar effort. And um, things that I, tools that I didn't have before connecting with this therapist were, um, Words of affirmation, um, practicing self-love, recognizing your value, recognizing why you're valuable, things that you have to offer as an individual. I mean, none of these concepts were things that I had um, thought about naturally. And many of those were what actually empowered me to pull myself out of this dark place. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what it is. They, they always say, like, you have all the tools in you right now. You just don't know how to use them. And I think people in general, right? We say, oh, we, you can't love someone else until you love yourself. And like, I feel like I, until therapy, have spent my whole life, like, I got to love myself. I got to learn how to love myself. And I, that's just- It's really hard to, right? It yeah. is. Be, and, and for some people, it comes naturally. And that's amazing. I, I, I envy them. and I'm, But I'm so happy for them. For me, I needed to sit down with somebody and exactly what you said, like, go through what my values are as a person. Like, what I like about myself, very specific things, even if it's just like I have nice hair, like that seems so dumb, but but I do. And I'm OK. It's OK to be proud of myself. For that. You sure. know what I mean? Like just small, dumb stuff like that is so impactful. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you did mention, though, that you had the help of your mom looking for a therapist. So like what, what was that like? Because 
I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, my parents found out that I go to therapy through my podcast. Wow. Yes. Well, I did not shocking. tell them. I did not tell them. And I, I specifically remember being at the house one time. It was right after the episode that I, like, first said it in. My parents listen. Shout out to the parents. You know, they listen to every episode. Sometimes Uh-oh. a little bit scary for me. But <laughs> right. Um, me, how do you think I feel? But um, but yeah, and I remember like my mom just like pulled me aside and was just like, so you're in therapy? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, are you OK? Like, I'm like, stop. This isn't your job anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I know you care and whatnot, but like it has nothing to do with you. And even if it did, I talked to my therapist about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's fine. I'm good. Are you are you sure you're OK? I'm, I'm fine. You know, but they found out through the podcast. So what was that like? going to your your mom i mean you and your mom first shout out to your mom she is a fucking goddamn saint she is she really is she is oh he just smiled so big and cute yeah my mom's my best friend (laughs) shout out shout out mom yeah she is awesome i met her a couple times and she's just a nice lady but what was that like like going to her um that she she's always been you know my biggest ally in in any scenario um and i'm so fortunate to have uh, such a great relationship with my mom and my dad as well uh, my dad, I was, uh, as a kid, I don't think he and I related, uh, much because I was, you know, this kid and he was an adult. And, um, and I think that was where a lot of our, um, you know, that, that, that kind of created the contention between us. Um, but as I got older and became an adult, he and I, you know, we see, you know, things a little, I see things a little differently and we tend to uh, agree a lot more. And as a result, we've gotten a lot closer, especially after I moved out. But anyway, to answer your question, um, my mom was one of the first people I told when I was struggling about what was going on. And, uh, she was at first very, um, concerned for me, very worried. Um, and then I think she told me, um, she had a dream and in her dream, I was just thriving. Like this was in her dream. I was, it was like years down the road and I was just in such a good place. Um, and, she stopped worrying for me and she's like, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to help you out with finding someone. Cause I had mentioned, I was like, maybe I should go talk to someone. She's like, I'm going to help you out with finding someone. And, uh, that's exactly what we did. So she found, you know, went on Google, um, you know, found some therapists and I, I did a little research myself and I was like, here's one that I found. I'm going to go check it out. She's like, definitely do it. And that was that. I mean, that's beautiful. I said in an episode earlier for me personally, when I find out that a man's in therapy to me, it's like, husband material because that means like you have the self-awareness to say i i can't do this by myself i need help and number two you give a shit yeah to make the change yeah i would say i i guess there's two different ways of looking at that but you just you brought up definitely what i would say is the more positive um perception of that which is this is somebody who uh recognizes that they're a human being um they may need work and they are putting in the work to better themselves as individuals. Because it's hard. Therapy it is hard. It is hard. And again, this kind of circles back around to the original point about um, knowing when you need to reach out for help and doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and and then I would say the more negative approach to it is, oh, this is somebody who's got issues. Maybe I should steer clear. So, see, and I don't see it that way at all, but right. I, I could totally see how people would. I mean, I think, I think both are important to recognize because i think because i think there are people who are like you need to you need to make sure you're very prepared yourself for someone who is like i mentioned before like somehow a lot of people's confidant i need to pick and choose my situations because if i'm not in a good place and caitlin you do this to me all the time i I just did it to you two days ago i was gonna bring this up at some point (laughs) yeah you know if i'm not in a good place and like myself, I'm just either stressed out with work, stressed out with podcast shit, girls, whatever the hell it is. And someone's like, dude, I need you. And it's like this fucking wild story. And I just look at it and I go, I am not going to be able to help you. I cannot. I just I am so exhausted myself. So I think it's very important that when someone does come to you, you need to identify first and foremost, can you handle it? Because the second you say yes, you made a commitment to that person. Well, I want to also point out too that people don't always ask, and I think that's yeah. a good that's a practice to, to start do. doing yes. too. Is and I've started doing with, doing it with a good friend of mine, saying like, "Hey, I need an ear right now. Are you in a place to take on what I'm dealing with?" And if they say no, I'm cool. And they'll, yeah. I'll say, "Just let me know when you are, because I, I do need you." But take your time with that. Exactly. So I and 
I think that goes into having, like, like I said, being this person um, that people confide in. I think that also goes and in, plays into the self-awareness stuff too, which I don't know if therapy has brought out in me or if just maturity or whatever. I think But I think that's most, I honestly think it's so important that you ha- make that identification first, that you need to look out for the most imper- important person in your life first and foremost, which will, which is and always will be you. Yeah. You are the most important person. Mm-hmm. So look at that. I can handle that. Once you make that commitment that I can handle that, then you're moving on and right. you're going from there. That is, um, you have to do it. And yeah. then at that point you have, you've made the commitment and that person's now that rock, like you said, yeah, rock when they're in a hard place and here you are, you're and, doing it. And that there have been a couple of times where, um, you know, I've had some non-emergencies, but definitely things I want to talk about where you've, uh, kind of let me know like, Hey, this is not something I can unpack right now. Yeah. And that's fine. I totally respect that. Right. And, it's, and, and I appreciate the fact that you're you're honest and you're not just having me talk and not listening to a word I'm saying. That's what I said to Bobby. To the per- I, he's like, hey, I, I, need, I have a question about a problem. Can you help me with it? And my exact words were, I am barely scraping by. I can barely carry my own right now. I can't add yours. Yeah. And I one thing that you said earlier, Joe, is like, oh, man, this guy, is, you're, you're going to li- not just you know hear me and listen. And I've always said this, and I've been saying this uh, – which is really weird to think that I was actually this intelligent as a like 12. But I remember saying back in the day when I was really, really young, there is a huge difference, but there's between hearing somebody and listening to someone hearing someone right now. I can hear the lights in this room. I can hear the air conditioner kicking off. I can hear, you know, my mom cooking upstairs. I can hear that. Listening is when you are taking the information in, analyzing it, interpreting, and most importantly, responding to it. And those are two totally different things. And if you're not ready to listen to someone and only hear them, then you're not in a position to help at all. And that's okay. And, that, and right. th- yeah, there's no, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it, but you need to be able to, in that split second, when someone asks you for help, okay, you need to make that decision. Can see, I, I do think this? It's, I, see, I disagree. I, th- I don't think you have to respond right away. I think oh, I'm not saying like right away. I'm time. not saying it doesn't, but like you, that's what you need to start thinking about right away. You right. need to be like, can I, can I do this? Can, can I, I carry help? this right now? Can, do yes. I have the strength to carry this? And if you don't, yes, that's okay. And if you need a minute to think if you do or not, that's fine. But that should be the first thought is, can I handle this? You know what I mean? And I think that's that's extremely important. So I do want to just say that <laughs> we just took a, a quick break here. And we well, do that sometimes. We just don't tell you guys. Yes, yes. And my mom was upstairs making chocolate chip cookies from scratch. Oh, those were from scratch? Of yeah. That <laughs> explains it. I'm sitting here thinking, what which dough was that? Yeah. It was Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all of us just stared at each other at each other and ate the cookie and we're like, what and then you know I found even this is so stupid. <laughs> we collectively agreed that we should say it on the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and not one person argued. Yeah, yeah like, we should mention Great. that we took a break and ate like one of the greatest cookies of all time, right? And we're like, Yes. Why would you think any differently? Um, so to get back into the substance <laughs> of this, um, Joe, if you're comfortable, do you mind sharing about like that dark time in your, your life that, you know, we were speaking of, you don't have to say everything. And if there are certain things that you don't want to say, yeah. but like, what, what was that like for you? What were you, what were you, fa- what challenges were you facing? What obstacles were in your way and whatnot? Yeah. So, um, at the time I had a, uh, I was starting to have some weird uh, medical issues. Um, a lot of things relating to my stomach and like pains in my back and stuff. Um, and unfortunately I made the mistake and you know, just a word of advice to all listeners out there. Um, if you're having any sort of medical symptoms, do not under any circumstance, Google those symptoms. No, <laughs> no. You're like, my toe kind of hurts. and like, we're going to have to remove your foot. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> you're dying. You're like, Oh my God. Um, but unfortunately, I, I made that mistake, and um, I had actually also recently gone through a breakup. So I, I, in hindsight, I think I attribute a lot of the emotional um, volatility uh, at that time to that breakup. Um, and so I was, I googled these symptoms, and Google came back and I was like, "Hey, um, this sounds like pancreatic cancer." And what made the issue um, that much scarier for me was I had an uncle who. I never met that died at 30 or 31 years old of pancreatic cancer. Um, this and is Joe, a, you're only 20, 26, 26. 
Oh, you're a baby. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cute. Hey. <laughs> um, That's why we call you Joey. It's yeah. cute. <laughs> Joey Cheesecake. Joey Cheesecake. I gave him that nickname. Makes no why sense. Why Cheesecake? It, well, don't, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, yeah. Because your last name's the same as a cheesesteak place. I know. So since I got up to Philly, I was like, you can now call me Joey Cheesesteak. Yes. I love that. Yes. So that's his thing. That's what we're calling him from now on. Okay. (laughs) Continue. So um, I was convinced that given the persistence of these symptoms and um, the the Google search results that that was my fate and it had been decided and that my days were numbered. Um, Now, do you think that dark outlook stemmed from the place that you were already in? Yeah. With the breakup, you mean? As far as like if your mental health had been better, do you think you would have gotten that dark that quickly, that definitively? I would say that I was I was definitely a younger person then who did not focus on mental health, who didn't focus on mental wellness and maybe wasn't aware of uh, habits that I had that could have contributed to um, maintaining this this negative mindset. So I um, started going to get tests done and I had whole bunch of things done. I had an x-ray, I had an MRI, I had blood drawn. Um, and all of those tests were, were popping up negative, but I was so, I was so stuck in this, um, faux reality that this is what was happening that I stopped eating. Um, because in my head I, I could not, uh, stomach food. It just didn't sit right. And, um, you know, it, it just wasn't felt like it wasn't digesting properly. And so for two, at least two weeks, I was surviving on maybe a couple of um, spoonfuls of soup a day and like some crackers that I could barely get down in water. And I lost 30 pounds. Um, and you're not a big dude. So I'm, like I'm not for Joe to lose 30 pounds would be equivalent to me losing like a lot. I mean, yeah. you were there. I would say it was a pretty drastic change. Yeah. You can see. And people at work were going, dude, what is wrong with you? Like you look really ill and i was sharing with them i was like here's what i'm pretty certain is happening to me and i was so convinced because i had this uncle and i thought well if my uncle had it uh maybe it runs in the family uh yada yada that's probably definitely what was going on i was making these uh self-diagnoses without really even paying attention to what the actual diagnoses were saying they were like they were like yeah you're you're fine you're fine there's nothing going on and the, uh, the, the final um, procedure I had done was an endoscopy um, because they were like, well, you're having these stomach pains and these issues and these, uh, you know, pain off to your side where your pancreas is located and stuff. And they were like, maybe you're actually just having a stomach issue because I ended up going to a gastroenterologist. But I do want to point out, I did not have the mental confidence or the strength to make that appointment myself because it was a big procedure and I was caught in this this sort of catch 22 where I was like, okay, well, I don't know for certain right now that this is happening because there hasn't been a test that said, yes, you definitely have something, you have some terminal illness. And, um, so I was like, oh, maybe I don't actually know that's the case, but do I want to find out? Do I want to know if that's actually what's going on? And so, um, it was such a struggle to get these appointments scheduled, to have the blood drawn, to have the, um, what was it? The CAT scan, the MRI, um, and eventually the endoscopy, which is, uh, for those of you that don't know, they, they knock you out and stick a camera down your throat. I will say the anesthesia was probably the best nap I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, I actually know some people that have gotten, gotten them before. Yeah. Um, and what they found was just that I had uh, gastritis, which is just um, the swelling of the stomach lining, or inflammation, rather, of the stomach lining, which given American diets is not uncommon at all. And it's not really anything to worry about either. Um, but my, I want to point out that my therapist was actually the one that empowered me to make that phone call. She's like, I will be right here with you. Let's do it together. And we did. And I got that scheduled. And once, you know, I, it was so funny. I woke up from the anesthesia and the, um, the, my, my gastroenterologist, the doctor comes in and he's just like texting on his phone. He was smiling at something. I was like, this dude just kind of doesn't care or whatever. And he's like, Oh, hey, you're awake. I was like, oh, yeah, what's going on? He's like, yeah, it's just gastritis. You know, you're good. And I was like, well, that was pretty nonchalant. And he walked out and that was the end of that. So, um, but none of that, I would, I, I think none of that would have happened without the help of my therapist. So can I ask, and 
this is just from an outsider's perspective because I don't know you that well at all and I don't yeah. know what that whole situation was like for you. Number one, I want to point out that the power of the human mind, number yes. one, because I yes. think from hearing this, this is all self-inflicted. A uh, hundred, I, I don't, and I don't mean to be like you did this, but y your brain did this to you. Oh, more I or can, less. I, I can tell you, like talking to Joe. I mean, I'll say this now because you're in a way better place and whatnot. Talking to Joe was that during, frustrating for you? <laughs> it, it was almost unbearable, and like I did it because I love him. It's my buddy, but like it was everyone. Everything was negative. Everything was everything was negative. Everything was. I'm. It doesn't matter. I'm probably gonna die. I'm probably gonna have this. And it's like, dude, you don't know that. Stop. But it was like there was no telling you otherwise. You were. I, it, the, the 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 sales pitch was made, and the the car was fucking sold. Sitting, and, and he was. That was it. Sitting here, having met you now, and then hearing this story, I'm like blown away. Like yeah. I I've only known you for a few hours, but that does not sound like you at all. So yeah. I think to say like wow, the power that your mind has when you're in a dark place. And maybe you were in a dark place before this and you really didn't even realize it. And this is how it manifested in your life through you picking a, a physical illness. But really, your brain was the thing that, that needed the help. Yeah, absolutely. I, I made that my reality. And um, I was living everything about it except having the actual condition itself. That's wild. So I'm sitting there losing weight rapidly. I'm not sleeping. I did not want to get out of bad bed. Going to work, just so you know, I absolutely hated my job at that time. And it it showed. My my coworkers knew it and customers knew it too. And um I have I can say, um, fortunately I have made a complete one eighty. Love what I do now. Um very invested in it. And um, you know, that was just I, I feel that that entire experience for me, as bad as it was, had to happen. And I can't exactly tell you why, but I look at that in retrospect and I'm like, I grew immensely from that. And it was, it, it was powerful and it has changed who I, I guess I was becoming into somebody that I am so proud to be today. Good for you. And that all started with a 4 a.m. Taco Bell run. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a fucking little cheesy gordita crunch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I also want to circle back, which I actually had the title of this episode already in my head right now. Love but, that. Um, so I want to circle back again. Um, you had mentioned some stuff with your dad. You mind yeah. unpacking that a little bit? Like as far as do you think that had anything to do with your, like I said, this whole episode's really about like kind of mental health and the um, like male to male relationship. So like, sure. what was, what, what was that like? Uh, so, uh, my dad and I, you know, we've always been affectionate toward one another. Um, and it was just, I, I know people that have had way worse relationships with their dad. And I would say overall as a whole, I did not have a bad relationship with my Can dad. Can I just stop you there though? That's what people do. That's wrong is they look at what they're living with and they say, well, I know people have it worse. So I want to say, Whatever it is, it, it doesn't was matter if you're struggling with it. You're it was real with to it. you, yeah. yeah. And I mean, then and it, allow it to have that importance in your life. Yeah, I mean, I would, you know, I would do things as a kid that that you know kids do, and I, my mom, um, you know, pointed out, especially as I got older, like, hey, uh, and explaining to my dad, I feel like your reaction to what he did was a little bit disproportionate to you know what what is called for in that scenario, and I would just get yelled at constantly. Um, and I, I think it was my dad's way of just showing tough love. And, you know, I, I have you know, no regrets about that. Um, Do you have siblings? Are you an only child? I have a brother that a half brother that's 15 years older than me. Okay. Um, I'm not super close with him because okay. we, we never really lived together. So we didn't grow up together. Uh, so it was essentially like you, you were the only kid in the house. So, yeah, okay. um, I was I was an only child and I am my dad's only child. And um, and he would he I, you know. I definitely don't want this to sound like my dad is a bad guy. He's one of my absolute favorite people and we are so close now. Um, but you know, he would always tell me he was proud of me and things like that. It's just when I would do something that was, uh, you know, I needed to be scolded for or, or reprimanded for it was, it, it would just kind of get blown out of proportion and it would often turn into screaming matches. I'd be yelling at him. He'd be yelling at me. And that was a, a, a pretty regular thing. Um, and then as I got older, you know, we, we kind of grew away from that and I went to college and that's when our relationship really blossomed, I would say. And I'm, I'm so glad to have that now, but it's, it's funny that you actually asked about, um, 
my relationship with my dad, Bobby, and, and how that may have shaped uh, the negative mindsets and, and sort of how I reacted to um, these sort of pretty much minor things that were happening in my body um, because my therapist actually asked the same question. She was asking, do, do, do you think that, you know, your relationship with your parents um, as a whole maybe, maybe impacted this? And when you were saying these negative things to yourself, does it sound like you or does it sound like someone else? And, um, you know, I, I really had to, to think about that one. She's like, I don't want you to think too hard, but, um, I would say that, yeah, it's, it's possible that the projected negativity did, uh, kind of shape how I, how I reacted to things. And a lot of it was probably learning based, you know, I'd see how he reacts to stuff and, uh, naturally I would kind of react the same way, you know, negatively. And, um, I think he's actually moved away from a lot of that negativity as well. He's uh, pretty optimistic these days about a lot of things, and, and I appreciate that about him. So it's in a way, it's almost like I've grown and he's grown um, in, as an adult, uh, much older than I, but our, our, our paths are almost parallel in that sense. Yeah. It's funny you talk about your dad that way because, and it's weird how like every relationship is so different. I was actually talking about this with my buddy Pete at, at dinner the other night, and he would be actually a great person to bring on and talk about that. But like my, my relationship with my dad is almost the polar opposite. Like me and my dad, like, don't get me wrong. My dad's a homie. Like he is so cool. Like he's literally one of my best friends, but it's really weird. Like younger. I remember like almost just like, yeah, he yelled at me in the same, but never really affected me in that way. Me and my dad get in screaming matches more now than we do than we did when I was younger, but we like care. Like it's really weird. Like they're it's not because you and your dad are the same exact person. Yeah. I, but like, <laughs> but it's funny when we scream at each other, it like, or like when we like get, have elevated conversations, let's say that I don't want to say scream. Cause I yeah. feel like that's negative. When we have elevated conversations, they're never with like ill intentions. They're never negative. I mean, what we, the subject of what we're talking about might be negative, but we're never like, fuck you about it you yeah, know what i mean like venomous about it at all y- y- great yeah. word yeah we're never yeah and it's really weird where yours was the opposite it was almost venomous when you were younger and then now you've kind of come full circle and getting back into it and now me and my dad where it was like this and we went the opposite way but it wound up being better because me and my dad are literally best friends you yeah. know what i mean and it's weird how like your relationship with your father is polar opposite than my relationship with my father but they've both had the same impact and they're both positive impact like yeah and how it's just different for other people so I would say, and I would say in a lot of ways, my dad has taught me some of the most valuable lessons in my life. And I will forever, forever be grateful for that. Like pick, pick one. If you could, I I have one right off the top of my head that my dad said, one one thing that you learned from me that you'll take to your grave. And I know right off. And I have mine too. I mean, there's a list after that, but the the first one that always comes to mind is integrity. It's one of the biggest things that my dad has always been just a, a very honest person. And, um, I, I really have taken that and owned integrity and honesty almost to a fault sometimes where they you know, I'm just straightforward about things that I maybe just shouldn't talk about at all. Mm-hmm. But I, that's, you know, I feel like that's what I owe people and I'm so grateful to him, um, for that. Uh, but I would also say in a lot of ways, uh, that I've, I've taught him as well. Mm-hmm. He's learned a lot by having a son and I think he has really learned to, uh, you know, deal with, with the challenges of that. Cause again, I was his only child and I, I'm just, again, I keep using the word grateful, but I'm so grateful that, that we have this relationship now. And I, I can say with confidence that we taught, we have taught each other a lifetime's worth of lessons. I think that's so important too. I think that piece of it that you mentioned is that we as kids grow up and our parents teach us a lot. And I think a parent's ability to recognize that they can learn from their children too is so huge. And a lot of parents, don't choose to do that and and that might be where the relationship doesn't progress and doesn't get any better but i think if they, yeah, if they it's can, a wall yeah of. yeah because i think i i've said this for forever childhood trauma i mean even if you don't think you have it you probably do right and i think that <laughs> what i've learned again over the last couple of months has been i am this way because my mom and my dad did this and they did this because of what their parents did to them and not right. even like did to them, but just you're a product of your environment. You know what I mean? And you just, you're doing your best and, and you don't know and you think you're doing well. And I think for me personally, and not everybody's the same way, but it's helpful for me to repair things when I learn the why of it. Right. So right. if, if 
like very much like you said, like are those words coming from you or are they coming from somebody else? Yes, it's important to recognize that, but it's also so important to not get stuck in that and be like, well, I did this because this is what my dad did to me my whole life. I didn't make this behavior up by myself. This was passed on to me. And I think there's an important moment where it's you can live in that for a minute and feel bad for yourself and realize, yes, I am the victim of this and I'm allowed to be sad about it. But then you have to say, okay, well, this is my reality and now it's time to come up with coping strategies and, and unlearn those behaviors and move forward because if you get stuck in that, like that can be paralyzing forever. I want to I want to shout out my mom again. Um, she's someone who had a very rough childhood, ended up raising, um, I believe, five siblings on her own because mm-hmm. she had a mother that, that was not the most competent mother, unfortunately. And she took all of those those lessons and learns from her childhood and all of the trauma that she experienced and 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 really with how rough that childhood was and became an absolute saint. She did the exact opposite with her children. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't I don't spend a lot of time studying um, parent to child dynamics and families, but I don't know of a lot of other parents that can say the same. My mom is, you know, I, I love her to death. She is a shining star in terms of parenthood. Yeah, absolutely. She's that we've mentioned before. She's so she's so freaking cool. Yeah. Uh, she's the nicest lady on the planet. I want to circle to the original topic here, which I mean, it's all related, obviously. That's how we ended up here is this male to male appreciation. And, you know, recently, as we've mentioned before on last episode, you know, we had a tragic accident with a friend of ours and our group friend with Scott. Um, and I know you wanted to speak to that a little bit. So you had asked me to speak to that. And uh, uh, here's your here's your time. Yeah. So for those of you that didn't know, um, Scott, who's a, a really close buddy of, of Bobby's and, and someone who I'm, um, I've am i been really getting to know recently, um, Scott had an accident where he fell off a skateboard and hit his head. Um, and it caused a, a pretty uh, considerable brain injury. Um, he's actually still in the hospital. And this happened now two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, I wanted to talk about being intentional with appreciation and affection, especially for um, guys in your life, um, guy to guy interactions, and even with girls as well. Um, it's hugely important because, you know, there are going to be accidents that happen. There will always be tragedies. And one of my biggest fears, and I would say that Mike says this too, is, is having deathbed regrets. Um, I don't want to have to look back or look back after somebody else has passed, maybe unexpectedly and say, man, I should have, I should have let them know. I should have, uh, you know, resolve that issue we maybe had. I should have uh, squashed that beef with them. Um, and even if you're not, you know, having any sort of uh, struggle in the moment with somebody, I think it's important to recognize their strengths, to um, just appreciate them, let them know why you appreciate them and that you love them. And and that's, that's a huge thing to do. Uh, I'm fortunate to um, work in my sales job where it's a culture that promotes um, positive feedback and recognition. And that's, I think that's huge. And it's, it's become something that for me has branched outside of my work life. And I have a friend, you know, I have Bobby who has really, um, taken that and owned that, that, um, that opportunity to tell your homies, Hey, I love you, dude. I really Mm -hmm. do love you. You're, you're hugely important to me. And Scott's accident reminded me that, you know, Hey, we're really just going to take this opportunity to, to let him know and, and let everyone else know too, that they are loved and why they're loved. And I think too, when when men reinforce each other that way, it automatically translates to how they treat women, whether it's sisters, mothers, friends, girlfriends, whatever that looks Absolutely. like. I think if men can do that to each other, that's harder. I would imagine. I can't speak to it, but that's probably harder than doing it with a girl. Yeah, because because you're supposed to with a girl. It quotes supposed to. Yeah, you're supposed right. to, right? That's you know, like you're supposed to do that. You're supposed to you know do this and that and. Guys, you're not supposed to tell your homie you love him. That's gay. You know, like, right. no, yeah. it's not, dude. Mm-hmm. Shut up. The it's the fucking stupidest thing I've ever heard on, my, on the planet. It's not. I love everybody. You know what I mean? Well, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I actually hate everyone, but um, no. But, I, you know, the people I choose to surround myself with, like I say, said before, I challenge you to find better friends than me and because it, it's impossible. And Because you receive, in my opinion, you receive the love that you give and you give love. Yeah, I mean, thank you. I appreciate that. It's true. I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah, I say, like, if you see a dude that can tell their bro that they love them, like, he's going to love you as a woman better than the man that can't. 
Because I if he can't even tell his friend that he loves him, chances are you're going to have to pull it out of him in other ways. Yeah. With you. And I think, you know, with, with Scott's situation, I, it's been really cool to see, like, the squad really oh ra- God. like rally up. Incredible. Behind. And even people that don't know him. Like uh, our listeners, shout out to them. Uh, yeah, if you I guys know. haven't donated, if you'd like to, the link is in our bio. Yes. Uh, Linktree slash irregular. It's the and, first. And I can tell there. you this too. I, that first um, couple days that the, uh, the GoFundMe was up, I was scrolling through and I saw donations from people of my friends who straight up don't know this person at yeah. all. Never seen me them. Too. They know him because they know me. And that's pretty much it. And I seen them give more money than I gave. You know what I mean? And I'm like, Jesus. like you didn't have to do that. Yeah. And people were like, dude, I knew you cared, so I care. I'm like, that is I love that. so big. Yeah. I love that, that is so big. And that appreciation came from both male and female oh, as yeah. well. Like, yeah. um, actually, Mike, um, my, out in Utah, literally threw a couple bucks in, and his comment was. I don't personally know Scott, but I heard he's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Speedy recovery, brother. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I actually got a lot of DMs about how hot he is. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> he's a stud, bro. I mean, and his voice. Oh, voice of an angel. And this is true. This is true. <laughs> but I think that's I think that's really important to, to recognize when we see it happening and um, let that snowball into your life you know what i mean like it's unfortunate that you know this happened with scott but if you felt impacted enough to give your own money to scott why don't you take some of that that feeling and that drive and use it in your personal life and that that in bringing up scott's situation that was kind of the the advice that i wanted to impart is don't don't wait for a tragedy to take the opportunity to love and appreciate someone use this as uh, an opportunity to recognize, hey, something bad happened to someone. I don't know them personally, and I wanted to do something to to contribute to their cause, mm-hmm. and and take that love, that that universal love, and just share that with the people in your life. And maybe it's somebody that you aren't super close with. Maybe use it as an opportunity to get to know somebody and cultivate another close relationship, and let somebody know that they are important and why they're important. I think the, one of the most important things you said there is share it with the people in your life. That doesn't mean you have to share it with everyone because I think people right. get scared. I think that's why a lot of people don't do it. Again, especially men um, are afraid to relinquish that love to other people. Oh, yeah. You Absolutely, know what I mean? Yeah. So it, you don't have to give it to everybody. Right. You get to guess what? Life is full of choices and you get to choose who you get to relinquish that to. Just be mindful of it now. You know what I mean? Like I think and not afraid of it, and not right. yeah, be mindful and not afraid that like you have it in you. Everyone, ha- I, I I would like to believe that everybody has it in them um, to share. So share it. You know what I mean? Like why why not? Yes, let's spread that love. Uh, all right, Joey, thank you for joining us today. As always, uh, we like to give our guests kind of a closing argument. Anything that you would like to leave our guests thinking about or, or mention before we head out? Uh. Yeah, um, kind of on on the backside of that, you know, kind of where we we just wrapped up there was was a, a just a quick brief conversation I actually had with your friend Bobby um, uh, Anthony last night. Wags, as you call him, say, we all know him as Wagner. Yeah, Wagner, but... Wagner yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, he and I were just shooting the shit at the bar, and and you know, I was kind of explaining to him about what I had planned to talk about today on the podcast, and we got you know talking about it, and I went over sort of the main points that we've already touched on, but something that he brought up that was super important was hey. Um, checking in on your friends and and sharing your love and appreciation for them in many cases can be uh, sometimes the difference between somebody carrying on and possibly ending their life. Mm -hmm. Um, And it doesn't have to be somebody that you're super close with. But again, I I just, the advice I want to give is appreciate the people in your life. If there's somebody that, that plays a prominent role, whether you're super close with them, whether they're your best friend or maybe they're your coworker who you get along with, it's, I think it's important to spread that love because you, you never know um, what they're going through and that may give them an opportunity to talk about it. Again, if you're like you were, we were saying, if you're equipped to take that on, uh, it might be a great opportunity to allow them to uh, open up about it. And again, that could be the difference. And uh, I know a lot of people say that, um, you know, hey, you know, it can make a difference in someone's life. But that that really is the truth. Uh, you know, do, you can kind of do your part, especially if you're in a good place and you feel like you can allow somebody to lean on you a little bit 
then by all means do that and do not be afraid of doing it. And don't be afraid to reach out when you're in that time of need. So I do also just want to point out too that I've always said that you are very similar to Wagner. And it's really funny how this is pretty much like the first real time you got to hang out with him and look at who gravitated towards each other. I love it. Do you I realize, love it. Isn't that really weird how that, probably, how that <laughs> yeah. played out? You know, like I, cause I had actually taken a phone call from Scott while we were hanging out last night. So I was away and I came back. I'm like, yo, how, how you doing Joe? Like everything is like, Oh yeah, me and Wagner were shooting the shit. I'm like, yeah, you were, of course you two were, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, of course you two were. That's funny how that works. Um, Joe, thank you. Thank you both. As always, I really appreciate it. Yeah, I was no. going to say, I would like to end this with letting both of you know that I appreciate you. Oh, thanks, Caitlin. You. And we appreciate our listeners. We appreciate this day. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, this thank, is awesome. Yeah, this is awesome. Um, Joe, feel free. If you know you want to be that shoulder to lean on for someone else, feel free to plug any social media if you want to and go from there. Yeah, if any of you are looking to uh, reach out, connect to the pretty dope dude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my Instagram is five point J zero E. So five point Joe, a reference to 5.0, like a Mustang. Unfortunately. I was so confused and now I get it. Yeah. Okay. 5. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got so many nicknames. The list just goes on and on and on. Joey cheesesteak. That's Joey, what I'm calling you. <laughs> Joey cheesesteak. Yeah. Feel free to, to pop in the DMs. Be like, what's going on? Joey cheesesteak. Yeah. There we go. So. How is it that you have like a catchphrase and I don't yet? What the hell? I know. He's been on two episodes. I hate You've it here. Been... <laughs> just kidding. Love you guys. <laughs> I hate it here. On that note. You guys know the drill. Feel free to follow the irregular Instagram page at irregular podcast. Also follow my personal page at yo Bob, E-Y-O-O-O underscore B-O-B. And my personal Instagram page at Katie underscore A-N-I. It's K-A-I-T-Y underscore A-N-I. We are looking for guests, as you guys know. Slide in the DMs. Uh, we have some exciting things coming up that I can't wait for you guys to see. But till then, we will talk to you next Thursday. Love you.